Hi, everyone. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Welfare Freelancer podcast. My name is Connor Benham, and we are with uh, Grammar Nazi Jonathan, also known as the EBG, the evilable genius, the evilable dickhead between me and him privately. And today we're going to be talking about forgotten marketing tactics because John's almost 70. He's an older gent. And he was saying, back in my day, to me, not long ago. And he, he was telling me about all these weird marketing things they used to do, how they form the foundations of what we currently do today in our own business. Anyone turning of, of adult age nowadays has never known a world without Facebook because it's 20 years old. And LinkedIn's been around for 18. No, I'm sorry, LinkedIn's been around for 20 years. Facebook's been around for 18 years or something like that. And so most people, business owners, the majority of them have probably not, especially freelancers and stuff, have not ever run a business without the internet. And most of them probably haven't even known the world as an adult without the internet. I haven't. No, you haven't. So marketing these days is almost synonymous. Everything these days is predicated on the internet, it seems. It's ubiquitous, and there's no good reason for that. Don't get me wrong, it's incredible. We can do a lot of shit. I can order fucking dog food online and it appears at my house the next day and stuff don't get me wrong it's brilliant we can do all kinds of stuff on it but it's not the only game in town we've done print advertising we got phenomenal results from the first time around the people who say print advertising doesn't work are people who've never done print advertising and they're saying it because they've heard it from someone else so there's print advertising email marketing that's a great one how many times have you heard people say email marketing doesn't work it's a joke yeah, and who, who says that? People who don't know how to do email marketing. People usually trying to sell you someone else as well. I was going to say, people who say email marketing doesn't work tend to fall into two categories. People who've never tried it and people who want to sell you something else. And here's proof. I've just started sending daily emails for the first time and essentially doubled the amount of books we're selling just because we've now got more daily emails going out. The general rule of thumb is the more emails you send, the more money you make. And people won't do it because they say, oh, it'll piss people off. Yeah, it will. Some people. But they were never going to buy from you anyway. Anyone, anyone who's sitting on your list just to absorb your free content and then gets pissy because you start trying to sell something, well, that tells you something. What it tells you is they were never going to buy something from you anyway. I've been sending daily emails probably 99% of the time. So every 100 days, I'll probably send 99 emails at least. And some days I'll send more. If we're doing a promotion, the last three days, I'll send three, five, and then seven emails. Now, I've been doing that for at least 15 years, certainly before I came to Ireland, so probably 16 to 17 years. It makes sense because what people seem to forget is if you're on LinkedIn or any social media platform, you are beholden to the people who own that platform. If you don't own your list in some way, shape, or form, whether it's an email list or a snail mail list, or a list of phone numbers, I suppose, your data belongs to someone else. And you can, and it does happen, lose it. You know, you just lose it. I remember some woman on LinkedIn posting because Facebook could, for some unknown reason, just shit can her account. And that was her customer list. And she was saying, it was quite amusing, really. It's sad, but amusing. She was saying, they're taking the food out of my children's mouths. They can't do this. Well, clearly they can, and they just have done. Even if you're using their paid services, which you've got a, a better chance of survival because you've got a relationship with them, a service level agreement, you can still lose that too. Connor will know this better than I do. How many people do you know who've had their Facebook paid ad accounts shit can? Just because. I've personally 
manage millions of pounds of Facebook ad spend. I haven't got enough fingers to count the amount of ad accounts I've had shut down. And there was one particular sweep that they did where they made a change to their policies, their rules and whatnot, and they were doing retrospective bans. 80% of people lost their ad accounts. Okay, now. And you got no comeback on this. You were probably too young. You were probably still at school, Connor. Do you remember the, the panda and the, I think it was the farmer updates to Google when they really knuckled down into their SEO? It's, it's about 10 years ago, about probably nine years ago now. A lot of people, I mean, I had that fetish, I've still got it, that fetish blog. We lost 70% of our traffic overnight. Didn't matter because we had an email list. But one guy, he had a holiday kind of website up in Scotland. And that was his business, driven by SEO. He actually tried to sue Google. And of course, <laughs> good luck with that. Not only was it morally wrong because it's a free service, but I, mean, I can imagine Google can afford better lawyers than you can, mate. And he spent all his time pissing and moaning, worrying, gnashing his teeth about what Google had done to his business instead of doing what he should have been doing and building a list that he owned and controlled. Never say never, I suppose, but the, the chances of you never being allowed to send a paper letter to your clients and prospects and even telephone them if you've got legitimate interest is almost zero. GDPR, as far as mail goes, as in paper mail, is virtually non-existent. And they did that for a reason, because they realised if they stop you doing that, then commerce will grow into a halt. And to say direct mail doesn't work, as some people do, is just the height of bollocks. Even Google uses direct fucking mail. That should tell you something. So we spoke about email lists, why it's important to have your own list, email it daily, increases your sales. Let's talk about direct mail. Because all of these things I just want to clarify as well. These are just mediums to carry your marketing message. If your marketing message is shit, none of these mediums will work. And this is why you default to social media, because you can tell yourself, oh, I'm building it up over time and I'm going to get a certain amount of engagement and then eventually I'll be able to sell. And I know this because I read that jab, jab, right hook book by uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. That's a really good social plan just to give, give, give 80% of the time. And then one day I'll make a sale. No, you're messaging shit. Sorry, you're messaging shit. And if you've tried email and it don't work, you've tried direct mail and it don't work, you've tried fax and it didn't work, your message is shit. Anyway, direct mail. These people who say you need to build a relationship with someone before you try to sell to them, that's bullshit. Imagine, right? Imagine you're a dentist and you get someone ringing you up with a fucking broken tooth and they need the dentist right now. You don't need to have a relationship with them. You just need to be able to fix their fucking toothache. Everyone's got challenges and problems they want solving if you can speak to someone about their problem and the challenge something that keeps them awake at night staring at the ceiling or, or is a genuine concern for them if you can show them you know how to fix it you don't need a relationship that's bullshit and it's an excuse they use because it's hard work finding out this stuff and working on your messages is hard work direct mail is a risk as well because you know unlike google adwords and stuff where you can just put something up and it's free you can do it in half an hour you could go from a standing start and have your first Google AdWords ad or your first Facebook ad running in half an hour. Most of the time it takes is actually waiting for approval. Print advertising and direct mail is longer. You might spend a thousand quid to send out a thousand letters and not know for a week if it's actually going to fucking work. And it might not. I've done that and it's not worked. And you think, fuck, that's a thousand quid. We spent three grand on a mailing. We didn't get a single fucking sale. Do you remember? Yeah. Well, that's just par for the course. That's just what happens. Most people are too afraid to do it. Now, here's a great strategy for anyone. Okay. 
Most people won't do this because they're terrified. that They'll, they'll list all these reasons not to do it. Oh, it's icky. It's salesy. Of course it's fucking sales. That's what I'm in the business for. Here's what you could do. Go onto LinkedIn and you say, okay, I want to work with these businesses. You've got your avatar. You might single out 50 to 100 of them. You get their email addresses and you do your research. You don't buy these lists in. You email them a cold email and you say something like, yeah, I know this is a cold email and you don't like receiving cold emails, but here's the thing. I've looked at your business. All these things I can spot, I can genuinely fix what you're doing, fix things for you. So you get no response. So what do you do then? You take a screenshot of that email and then you send a fucking paper letter to anyone who's not replied to your cold email. And you say, you don't get away that easily. I've told you, this is not a usual cold email. This is not scammy or spamming. I can st fix your problems. Here's the message I sent you. You didn't reply, so I've put something in the post for you. That immediately back qualifies your first email. They look at it in a different light. They open it up again and think, oh, shit. All right. If with the letter, you included a phone from Tesco, cost you 20 quid with 10 quid prepaid credit, and you got one number in there. It's mine. It's your number. And you say, call me. You call me between these hours and I will pick up and we'll talk about it. No charge. Oh, but John, that's going against your policy of only doing free calls. No, it isn't. That's quid pro quo. I'm talking about cold outreach here, not incoming inquiries. That's a different thing. I charge for those. I don't get on a call for someone asking me to talk. If I'm asking them to talk, that's my fucking payback. I've got an opportunity to sell to them. That strategy I've just been through could get you 10, 20, 30K clients dead easily. But it's work. It's going to cost money. And most people won't do it. It is risky. 20 quid a time on a fucking phone that might not get a response. And it probably won't for most of them. But here's the thing. It's easier and more comfortable to go onto LinkedIn and say, oh, I'm feeling really down today. Things are tough. But here's my favorite ice cream. What's your favorite ice cream? You know? Fuck that. And it also involves several skills. Being able to craft an offer is a skill. To be able to first and foremost pick your target audience in great detail and then be able to get hold of a, a valuable list that you can then do this with emails, with addresses, that's a skill. That is a skill. Being able to then make them an offer that is irresistible is a very big fucking skill. And if, if that cunt then calls you, being good on the phone is also a skill. And then guess what? You've got to be skilled on the back end. You've got to be skilled on the back end when you're actually delivering them. And most people are not prepared to put in the work to learn these skills. Instead, they would rather do the, oh, no, I prefer not to be salesy. I'm going to I'm just going to get my stuff out there. Build relationships. Fuck off. You're just cowards. I had this thought when I was meditating the other day, which is the wankiest sentence I've ever said. Holly, if you could just bleep that out and just make it sound like <laughs> I had a thought. I was thinking about why people don't want to charge more and why people don't feel good enough. And I went to imposter syndrome. And it was like, well, imposter syndrome is obviously very real. I've faced it. I know countless people have faced it. But then I was like, I think it's deeper than that. I think people, they don't want to be great. They don't want to be really good at what they do because that's scary because that requires really knuckling down and reading those books and investing in those courses. Then having the bollocks to say, yeah, I am really good at this, which requires courage and confidence because then you've got to back it up and you've got to rely on yourself. And I think that's really sad. The amount of people that are just so happy to fly under the radar being bang average. Like basically, a lot of, and particularly freelancers here, and even coaches and consultants and people, the, unless they've got a, a measure of assertiveness about them, most of them are more comfortable acting like the hired helper employees. I, I'm here to advise you, but it's, it's really your call. Now, 
obviously it's always their call in the end. But when I work with clients, it, it will get to a point sometimes where I say, here's what you should do. And if you're not prepared to do that, we ain't working together anymore because, you know. Yeah, now's the time to sit down, shut up and listen. People pay me a lot of money, you know, 12 and a half grand for a day's consulting. You're going to do as I tell you to do. And of course, I'm only going to work with people who are going to do that because otherwise I'm just taking their money for nothing. I'm not the fucking hired help. And no one's going to pay 12 and a half grand for a day to, ha- to have the hired help in. But that takes courage itself because then I take on a certain responsibility. Now I'm saying to them, yeah, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to help you solve your problems. Not, yeah, I'm here to do what you tell me to do. And if it doesn't work, that's on you. People are not prepared to do that. They're cowards. I do think it's easier said than done. It is easier said than done. It's all a learned skill, but people are not prepared to fucking learn it. It's easier not to. Being able to curate the courage and the bravery to recognize that you're not good enough as you currently are and to be honest with yourself. And then once you've made that admission to then identify where the deficit is and being like, I'm going to work really hard at this because there's every chance you don't get better at it and you've reached your potential and you're going to stay there. And I think that's a scary thought for some people, especially to those who are perhaps older and are worried about, in their eyes, starting again. Most people are not prepared to do what it takes. So And if you think about it, talking about the internet, as I said earlier, it's so easy. It's so seductively easy to just send a message to hundreds possible, or to put a message out there which is potentially going to be seen by thousands, possibly millions of people without any effort at all, really. There's no responsibility. There's no risk. And of course, you get your echo chamber, which makes it emotionally safe for most people as well. John, let's talk about what was involved in starting a small business back in the day before the internet because I think it's very easy to willy-nilly start a business now one it costs 12 pound or nine pound and 20 minutes of your time on company's house so to actually set up a proper structure takes no time whatsoever you can do it online yeah you do it online you get approved within a day or two and then it takes what 10 minutes to open a bunch of social media accounts yeah get a stripe account yeah Yeah. And so within a day, a day's work, and it's all free, you have set up infrastructure to take payments, to make payments, to market, and to do it all legally in a tax efficient way and in the eyes of the law. But back in the day, back in your day, how much of a bigger deal was it to start your own business? When I first started going freelance, I actually went, I filled in the forms myself because I wasn't going to pay an accountant or a solicitor like 200 quid for an off-the-shelf company. So I did it myself. I downloaded the forms. Yeah, I downloaded those and printed them out. I filled them in. Oh, I actually went to a solicitor's office with my passport, proof of ID, and I swore an oath. Didn't use, didn't, wasn't on the Bible, but I swore an oath. Shut up. No, I swore an oath. I didn't know that. Office and, fill, and, you know, and he signed it off. It, it went to the company's house. And I got a letter saying this is what's happened. And um, then I'm registered with the tax authorities. It, it takes time. Some parts of the world, I believe, you actually need a business license. We don't need that over here or in the UK. You just go into business. But it was, And then that's all before you've got a single client for the most part. How do you get clients when you've not got the internet? I, too, have never run a business without the internet. I'd be quite upfront about this. But when I was doing it, I had a state-of-the-art 500 kilobit, half a meg bandwidth. And it was a dial-up modem. The way I got clients in the beginning was, guess what I did? I sent letters, paper ones. And I, went to, I even went to BNI, networking. My, my dad has obviously run businesses and so have all of his pals. And he's got pals older than him. And I speak to them and I've asked them, well, so how do you get started? 
And they say a similar story. And then, son, I just went knocking doors. I went to my friends and families first to practice. And then I went to all their neighbors. And then when I got enough money, I printed out some leaflets, put them for a bunch of doors. And then I went knocking on them same doors the next day. And I was like, really? And then, then they said, yeah, and it worked. And I got some more money. So then I put an ad in the paper and people started coming to me. But I still knocked on those doors. But this time I got some boys to help me. And it's just like, oh, fuck me. We're so spoiled. And I say to him, do you do social media? They go, nonsense. I still got people knocking doors. Granddad Jim is dead now. Not my dad. It was my ex's dad. He started an engineering company. He, used to, he was a skilled machinist. And I remember him telling me, he said, I started, and I bought all the kit and I set up the shop. And, he thought, and then he just went on and I went knocking on doors to people I knew in the industry. And he said, and within a couple of days, I had 50 grand's worth of work booked in. And that's probably going back 30, 40 years ago. So he's dead now. But that's what you did. What you didn't do, like these days, oh, I'm now a copywriter. Here I am on LinkedIn, open for business. And I wonder why they don't get any or the business they do get is shite. You know, I'm not saying it shouldn't be easy to open a business because it should be. It should be as easy to open a business as it is to get a job because that's what you're doing effectively. Everyone should be able to make their own living if they want to. I ain't got a problem with that. If you are opening your own business, it is incumbent on you to learn and to know how to run it as a business. It is not the same as getting a job. It's as easy as getting a job. Actually, it's easier than getting a job because you don't have to persuade anyone anything. You do to sell, but to set up your business, you can just say, hey, I'm in business now. But if you are going to do that, it's not enough to be good at copywriting or graphic design or website design or plastering walls or building brick walls or putting in windows. You need to do the other side of things, the side of things done for you when you're an employee, sales, marketing and admin principally. You've got to do those. And you're even if you don't do them yourself, you're responsible for making them happen in some way, shape or form. And that's the thing. Most business owners these days, especially freelancers, don't seem to want that level of responsibility. They want the benefits of being a business for themselves, but none of the fucking downside, none of the control, none of the responsibility, none of this, I've got to learn to sell. They just want sales to come to them and then they get pissy when it doesn't. And they wonder why they get ripped off and ghosted. It's because you've not fucking learned how to do this properly and you need to. Now, if you're going to be a grown-up about this, put your big girl and boy pants on, pull them up under your fucking chin, tie them off, and learn to fucking sell and market yourself. What we're trying to point out is you've more than likely gotten a little bit lazy, and we're guilty of it too. It is very easy to just be like, right, we're going to run some more online ads, or oh, we're going to post a little bit more, rather than sitting down, knuckling together a real direct mail campaign. And one of the reasons we're probably so passionate about this is a couple of days ago, we sat down and said, right, here's what we're going to do for a direct mail campaign. And it was that campaign that John just gave to you there with the letter, the phone, the emails. That will land us five-figure clients for a day or two's work. To be clear about this, we're not talking about doing that for selling books or 150 quid products. We're talking about consulting clients where we're going to be charging 20, 30 grand for a few days consulting or training, big ticket clients. But if you're selling a 10 grand program, You've only got to get one, and that's pays for a lot of fucking phones and letters. But it does mean a lot of work. But I'm saying most people are just not prepared to do it. We've unfortunately run out of time. We haven't been able to speak in detail about facts. I want to hear about the older, the facts wars back in the day and the changes that essentially ruined several businesses overnight. Some of the stories you've told me about that are marvellous. Yeah, we'll do that another day, but there's not a lot to say, really. Except as a warning. Yeah, yeah, it's a big warning. Still interesting stories, though. There's a lot to be learned from it. And on that note, where do they go and what do they do? 
Go to the well-fed freelancer, wellfedfreelancer.com, get the book, five quid, loads of bonuses, double your money back and a free pizza if it's no good. Okay, that's the place to start in our world. I guarantee if you do that, if you like the book, you're going to love everything else because it just builds up from there. And the book itself will change your life and business if you do the fucking work. Yeah, don't believe us. Go to the page, read the reviews. Yeah, just do that.